Hey there, everyone, and welcome to the audio version of the 100% Wild Podcast. You're listening to episode number 32. And today we're tackling a listener-submitted question about maximizing limited hunting time. And joining us is a guy who has dealt with this very issue, an absolute character and a longtime member of the Jury Outdoors team, a man most widely known as Coondog. Enjoy. All right, welcome to another episode of the 100% Wild Podcast. I'm Mark Kenyon of Wired to Hunt. I'm Matt Drury with Drury Outdoors, and we have the Coon Dog, Steve Coon. Yes. <laughs> I'm excited about this one. I am too. This is going to be fun. This will be fun. You know, so Coon Dog's been with us a long, long time. How many years have you been on Drury Outdoors now? Oh, 17, 18, and friends with Mark and Terry over 20 probably. How did you ever meet those two guys to begin uh, with? Ah, well, unfortunately, uh, Stevie Stoltz introduced me to Terry. I had a lease. Unfortunately or fortunately? (laughs) Either or, I guess. But uh, uh, fortunately, I had a lease up in northern Missouri, and uh, Stevie came turkey hunting once, and next thing you know, he invited Terry, and then we became friends, and then another year or so, I met Mark, and then it just snowballed. Oh, so over the, what was it, the root berries? Yeah, 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 that's cool. Yeah, so it was fun. So turkey hunting is kind of what bonds us with, with dog originally. I mean, yes. that was turkey camp was a tradition back then. It was a big, I mean, we had a lot of uh, riders and industry people in. I mean, turkey camp was oh, yeah. our big deal every year, right? Yes, it was work. I mean, like you said, we had riders and we had people come in and do stories and we filmed all the hunts. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you had Don ship and you had everybody come in and we all guided and it was a blast. Sounds so. like it. Those were the good old days. We don't really do turkey camp quite like that anymore. I mean, Mark's got a little version of it. Dad's got his own little version of it. It's not quite what it used to be, um, but it was. it's still fun. It's just not as big, right? Right. Yeah. I think what did us in was King of the Spring. I, I was about to say that. <laughs> I've King, been hearing about that. Yeah. King of the Spring just killed everybody. Killed everybody. It really did. I, I think uh, – and it's a shame because it was such an awesome show. It yes. was so fun. I after the fact like at, looking back watching the episodes it was a fun show but producing it in that three week you know really four weeks it was tough yeah we were up every morning like by four three thirty four o'clock and we didn't roll into bed until like 11 12 yeah i mean and how many it, how many days it was 21 days yeah three it was weeks. 21 days of hunting but there was a Wow. Three four days beforehand and three four days after. I mean, it was a. Uh, it was rough. It was rough, and it was film that period that he's talking about being up. We were filming the entire time. I mean, we burned out the camera guys, we burned out the editor, we burned out <laughs> marketing. <out> <laughs> bad burned bad out. Man. <laughs> yeah, like. Is there a good story there or something? He just, based on <laughs> he just ever since then we really hadn't had any. He just kind of started saying no more guests yeah now when you mentioned turkey camp he goes no guests everybody go home because <laughs> it was all based at his farm uh, and we would have these weigh-ins and we had a big uh set that we built inside one of his barns and i mean it was a big production for us definitely and uh it it, it really showed us a lot of what we could do uh but it was not a money-making venture to say the least like by the time it was all said and done it was like we lost money on this deal boys and nobody watched it <laughs> but and they and on our behalf too they aired it at the wrong time yeah if they would have yeah. aired it during turkey time when they did the second time it shot through the roof yeah the ratings were great and when you would expect turkey to be right. on people's mind april you know into march all through april and into may yes. were all great but january february the traditional you know, outdoor programming, the way that they, they go by quarter, 
you know, 13 episodes or whatever. So first quarter, second, you know, re-air second quarter. And it just didn't, you know, it, in a show like that, it was only going to be relevant and good right during Turkey. It's not like deer where people will watch it kind of whenever or big game or whatever. Like Turkey is only on people's mind a certain time of year and every Turkey looks alike. So you, you, you know, it doesn't have that unique like it better be good and entertaining, and right. it was. It was, but it just it, you know it was only on people's mind during turkey season. I really want to watch it though now. It, 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 you can watch you it, have, on, like, is it on on somewhere. Uh, Mo that MOTV that Outdoor Channel is that yep. app. The, the entire seasons on MOTV. <laughs> I brought I pulled it up the other day and ended up I wanted to show somebody an example of the show, and we ended up watching like two or three episodes. It, it, it the app by the way is really pretty kick butt it's pretty awesome it's pretty good yeah i gotta yeah. got check that out because i'm def i got the turkey fever going on right king now. of the spring is the way to go it was inter- yeah. and, and i still get people asking us yes. know, bring it back do it again but boy it sure whooped us <laughs> <laughs> it did too because because turkey camp used to be like you know in missouri season's over at one so we would kick back and relax for fish. the rest of the fish. We might have a margarita. That's Coon Dog's favorite yes, cocktail. Yeah. Definitely. You know, we're all staying there at the right. at the farm. You're not going anywhere, so yeah. you'd have a beverage and it, it's a camp. You yeah. know, it's a fun That's camp. The last. But King of the Spring, we did none of that. We never went and got Mexican. We never, which is a tradition. One day. One day. The well, last, that was the end. That was the last. That was day. the last day, and we all did it together. And yep. We all collectively said we're never doing <laughs> this again. Never do this again. <laughs> So I digress, but those were, those were, that was a fun, that was a fun yes, time for, for sure. sure. Yep. So Coon Dog, of course, has been on Dream Season. Um, you were on Dream Season Land of the Giants yep. with John Williams. Five. You represented Team Missouri. And uh, then when we brought Dream Season The Journey out, which would be five years ago. Six, five or six, six, I think, yeah. Uh, you and Joe Schultz partnered up for that. And, of course, you were Team Mad for all those years. This year, you're Team Walkers. And it uh, you've been a staple there on Dream Season for a long time. Yes, and I enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah. He's, yeah. Coon Dog's the ultimate team player. Yeah. Uh, it, well, I will say, as a fan of Drury Outdoors for many years earlier, leading up to this point, you were always on the people that we enjoyed seeing the most because of your just outrageous enthusiasm. I appreciate that. <laughs> the reactions. The reactions. I, I still remember. I don't. I can't remember all the details, but it was like a snowy late season hunt at oh, Mark's Farm, yeah. I think. And your meltdown <laughs> was just. Oh, baby. Yeah. I like or like a couple times like try. I gotta. I gotta yeah. study this. I gotta study. I mean, yeah. we were crying. We were laughing so hard. That's because Mark you? made him look at like you know yeah. twenty deer that he had to pass before he let him shoot one. <laughs> and then when that deer first stepped out, he actually was like at one point twenty yards. And Mark's like, no, not yet, uh, no, no, and then so that was a, it's nerve wracking. It was nerve wracking. You hunt with Mark, it's nerve wracking. Yeah, he's very uh, demanding to hunt with, like turkey hunt, deer hunt. It's it is nerve wracking. Like I don't necessarily. I've heard him like giving orders from the camera. Oh yeah, he I've heard does. that a lot, and that would be that would be nerve wracking. It, it is, but it is. it's a lot of pressure because usually as the hunter, when you hunt on camera, usually as the hunter, you stop the deer. <laughs> For whatever reason, Mark stops the deer. Yeah, and you're not, not ready. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, can't you shoot? I aren't you like, gonna shoot? No, shoot him. Aren't you gonna shoot? <laughs> no. And turkey, turkey is very much that way because Mark gets like ate up Man. when a when a turkey comes in. And like you, miss. you can, 
you can hear him. You can hear him almost trembling his voice a little bit. He gets ex- that uh-huh. excited still to this day. That's awesome. And and so he will. I mean, <laughs> shoot, shoot, dog, shoot, shoot. Can't you shoot? I can't shoot, shoot. Can't you, shoot. I can't see it. What do you mean you can't <laughs> see it? I mean, he'll jump you, you know, and it makes you nervous. And poor coon dog has missed a few. Oh, <laughs> oh I tell you what, which makes this. it even worse because then if you miss or mess up, Uh-oh. Mark doesn't let you hear the end of no. it. No. So no you know, King no. of Spring. King of Spring, unbelievable. Mark wanted to absolutely kill me one day. I missed four birds in one day. Oh, no. oh my. He, oh, it was bad. It was a long, was silent a long. truck drive home. But the worst part is, Mark, he won't, like, he will tell everybody about it. Like, he will, if somebody calls, he's like, oh, Coon Dog just missed another one. You know? One year, I, I went, like, the first year I, I started working here, I was filming Mark, and we went to Colorado to hunt mule deer. And we, I mean, we had a hard hunt. We're up and down, and we're, we're spotting and stalking and all this. And we finally get on this bachelor group of muleys. And we're belly crawling. We crawled 200 yards or whatever in this, you know, it's whatever. Everywhere you step or crawl, you're getting poked and prodded. And, and uh, he sets up for the shot, and he says, are you on him? And I didn't know my head from my butt when it came to mule deer hunt. I'd never been on a mule deer hunt. Never really watched one. I mean, I was straight out of college. Right. And uh, I said, well, which one is he? And uh, he's like, uh, you, you know, you, you know, that one, you know, his head up. And I'm like, there's like four with their head up. <laughs> and he just expected me to know which one was a shooter. And I was like, is he to the right? He's got, he's eating, he's eating, you know, and there's like three of them eating. And so I, I honed in on what I thought might be the one he's telling me. And uh, he shoots and he, he's like, do you get him? I said, I think you missed him. He's still standing there. And uh, he's like, what? He's running off. And I look out from behind the viewfinder and there's deer running everywhere. And uh, turns out I filmed like a two-year-old. <laughs> and he killed, you know, a great mule deer off camera because I was filming this two-year-old. And literally we get in the rental car and we got to go back to the airport the next day. Of course, he just never let me hear the end of it. And I think he was, ca- we was, ta- he was talking to Jared Lurk. And he had me, he was on speakerphone and Jared asked how the hunt went. He's like, he just killed me on the call on speakerphone so I could hear it. And, uh, he told probably 10 people, you know, every person that called, he told every person on speakerphone so I could hear the conversation. (laughs) And ever since then, he never has let me film him again, ever. That was 12, 13 years ago. Actually a blessing. And then, and then on the other half, Terry would just say, oh, let him know you're here. Let the lead fly. Yeah, yeah. Ah, you That's, missed. Who cares? Well, because he, he understands better than anybody, right? We'd giggle and laugh, and boy, Mark be mad, kicking decoys. And Terry and I'd be sitting there just giggling like schoolgirls. It's, it's so fun, man. It's just, you know, something would ever happen living those years, I'd never give them up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fun. We have a lot of it we ha- like we it. used to have a lot more fun than we True. do now. Yes, it, still good. It, it, we still do, but boy, back in the day, it was back a lot a lot of fun. So, so where did the nickname come from? Coon Dog. Well, again, Stevie Stoltz. Uh, my last name's Coon, of course, and uh, I used to call competition call him Turkey. And uh, Stevie, one day, just after a contest, we were standing around, and he just nicknamed me Coon Dog. Coon really? Doggy Dog. I didn't stuck. even know that. Yep. Way, way long ago. 
It stuck with me. Coondog told me one day that he wanted to officially change his name to Coondog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, officially. His license said it and everything. I used to get upset when Matt used to give my shirts that just had Coon on it. Yeah. I for, said, can I have Coondog? For a dream season, on the back of their shirts, we'd always have their last name, and I'd just put Coon. <laughs> Finally, we started putting Coondog on there, and we started name-keying him Coondog. Yeah. So, it stuck with me forever. That's funny. Yeah. I don't think... I know you as anything but Kunda. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody yeah, anyone does. does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I talk to a sponsor or something like that, and I'll say, this is Steve Kuh. Pardon? Yeah. And then I say, it's Kunda. Oh, yay. <laughs> and then it's, then it's talking. Kundog's one of those guys that would uh, do anything for you. No matter awesome. where you're at, he, he lives in Michigan. If he called you up after you got to know him and said, hey, I need a favor, Kundog come up and I he'd help you sure out. I sure try. Well, I, I got a favor for you. Well, you got three stands? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good idea. <laughs> Will you help us answer a listener-submitted question today? Sure, definitely. He's so smooth. Yeah, <laughs> you like that? I, I thought he was How about that for a second? Yeah, that's yeah. nice. He's smooth. Yeah, I'm a professional. This guy. <laughs> that's why he's the man, he's the man when it comes to podcasts. Oh, no. You go, man. <laughs> <laughs> now you do your thing. <laughs> that was smooth. Hi, guys. It's Nathan Williams from Southern Iowa. My question is, what can the people do that work 50 to 60 hours a week do to maximize their time when maybe they take vacation during the rut or they're just hunting on Sundays during that time. Uh, any input would be greatly appreciated. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Well, that's definitely me. I mean, being a police officer, knowing how much time I have to take off to work during the fall, yep. I work just like he said, 50, 60 hours a week to build up my comp time. I have not received any overtime pay in probably the last 10 years because i put it all towards comp time which takes away from the family but yet it puts me in that tree yeah so that's one step that i have to do just like he does he's working hard just to get his you know just to get in that tree so it takes a lot yeah so to maximize say you only had a weekend you know and that's it's just it's it you got you know saturday sunday basically <clears throat> well i can't do comp time it's some because some places you can't you know it just they just won't allow you to do that so in those instances and you used to be in this boat when you were working construction way back when way back it, in the day what would you do uh, basically, if you had like a either a food plot or a good, back in the day you didn't have food plots, you just had good staging areas or good areas where you thought deer would be. Uh, you would always my what I would always do would hang like two or three stands for that weekend because you didn't want to show up with a wind that was wrong and you couldn't hunt it. I always wanted to make sure if I was going to hunt a weekend that I could hunt that field due to the fact that I had three stands set for the wind. Yeah, that's a good so, point. So no matter what the conditions, you'd have a spot you could go to yes. in that generally good region. That's correct. And on that one of my sense. other leases, uh, I had three different food plots, and I had set up for each wind just for that same reason. i go to the farm, whatever the wind would dictate where to hunt, and I'd hunt those spots. Yeah. yeah what about with family and I don't, i'm not familiar with your family situation but that's another thing where i think people struggle with balancing time between work family and hunting and, and trying to maximize that hunting opportunity as much as possible but you have these other things going on 
Have you learned anything over your years on that front? A very understandable wife. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> and on a, that one. And a very, <laughs> back in the day, before my daughter got into hunting, and when they knew I had a trip planned, they would always ask, what time are you leaving when you're going? They'd have my stuff packed because they were like, once dad's gone, they got the TV, they could shop, they could do whatever. <laughs> so they yeah, they wanted yeah. to get so, rid of me. So a tactic here would be annoy them so much that <laughs> they had, they're actually looking forward to right. you leaving. But yep. now... Uh, since Lisa's probably turned 21, she's now 30-something now. She's hunted with me, so now it's cool. a plus. Uh, yeah. So now they both go because we do like the family deal. So if you can get your kid involved, that's a plus. You get your kid involved, your wife's going to want to go. It's a family hunt. It's a family fun time, vacation. It's not the beach, but it's fun. Yeah, I mean, the wife wants to go just because they want to see the kid experience 100%. all these cool, you know, new things. That's right. Right? So if your wife's not a hunter, that's not a deal breaker. No. If the kid's a hunter, if the kid's not a hunter, <laughs> that's a deal breaker. <laughs> so, you know, when we're in the blind, I always try to give Kathy a camera, you know, on behind and make her part of it too, you know. Yeah. So it works. It, it definitely does work. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you just got to make sure when you hunt that weekend that you don't get messed up by something. You know, the wind for sure, you know. Back in the day, I was a dummy. I didn't know anything. I probably messed up more hunts than anybody. Uh, simple fact is, I really didn't know how to hunt back yeah. in the day. Yeah. I used to just get a gun and go out and sit by a tree, and yeah. if something walked by, bam, I'd miss. Pow, <laughs> <laughs> baby, pow. I'd probably be one of the jury's top killers if I wouldn't miss. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd miss so much, and I don't know why, even though I'm a police officer, trust me, I know how to shoot, but I do miss. And I don't know why. I'd well, say. so the, the reason why people gravitate towards coon dog is because of the passion, right? Mm -hmm. So that passion, the excitement, I think a lot of guys relate to that because uh, buck fever. We all call it, oh, call yeah. it buck fever. Oh, I yeah. think people relate to that as much. They, they may not be able to relate to a guy like Mark or Jay Gregory. Stone or, cold. Yeah, stone cold killers. I mean, oh. blood, you know, their blood, they, they, it doesn't That's right. ever waver. But those guys like you and Dad and Stoltz, and I, I've had more people comment about those kind of guys throughout our history as the killers because it's like I can relate to that guy. Right, <laughs> this, I, I've been there. This is my I've problem every time. We've been there. Yeah. yeah, and you know, and and another thing, if it's you know in the budget, outfitters are great. Yeah, for you know, if you only got like a crunch where you can hunt three or four days, you don't have a lease, you don't have pu good public land. Yeah. Outfitters, man, I'm telling you, they do the work for you. Yeah, you know, they plant, they got the stand set up, they know the deer, they got trail cam pictures. You roll in, hopefully you harvest deer, you roll out. Yeah, bam, yeah. done. Yeah, and then in that regard, literally, if you're a weekend warrior, I mean, you could just take, uh, you know, your vacate your vacation sure. for that period. You know, and yeah. it's like anything else when you go to the beach or anything like that, you can't predict the weather. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Look at this year. Yeah. Warm, terrible. Yep. The rut was terrible this year. But, you know, you stick with it, you keep going, and it's just something you do. And for the poor guys that only have a day or two every three or four days or every three or four weeks, it's rough. I feel sorry for them. I yeah. will say, though, for that person, and not everyone's going to be in this situation, yeah. but if you have a handful of vacation days, but you have flexibility when you take them, to maximize those few days, make sure you're picking the right – if you can, make sure you pick the right days. Wait for the cold fronts. Wait for the right conditions. You know, Don't burn them all out on the first three days of the yeah. season if it's 80 degrees. Correct. Um, again, that's only if you have that ability to do that. Well, but. you may not see – so if you, if you wait till it's maximum – 
conditions, you're going to see maximum wildlife probably, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're just going to go, you, you know, then your, your, your odds of seeing a lot of deer are really right. slim and you're- none. So if you're going out on high pressure days and a front's rolling in, you might see 10, 15 deer. You might not see a shooter, but at least you were seeing deer while you were there, right? Right. And, you know, and that's, and that's the other thing, too, when a lot of people, you know, go out to hunt or they go out to harvest, uh, you know, food or whatever they want. To me, and it's always going to be this way, the trophy is in the eye of the beholder. Sure. Do not never, ever, you know, Look down on somebody if they want to shoot a two and a half or a three and a half or whatever. You know, kudos to the big trophy hunters that get to go out and chase those big deer. But those weekend guys, hey, they get an opportunity, they better take it. Yeah, yeah. pretty good point. Enjoy really. it. Yeah, 100%. If your passion is just to be hunting, yes, it, you know, I mean, it is what it is. Not everybody's trophy is a, a, a five-year-old, you know, 160 in, you no. know, north Missouri. It's sure. whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. and I'm, you know, and. Sad to say, in my past history, I've had a few of those encounters, and they didn't leave the field. <laughs> <laughs> but you're always as, as excited, right? Oh, That's yeah. Oh, thing. my gosh. I could care less if it's a spike. Can I kill it? Can you I shoot a, it? Let me shoot it. You got a little bit of Ted Nugent's blood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Well, Uncle Ted, he likes it. Whack him. Oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah. but it, we give you um, grief over this, but really it's, you know, maybe it you, you have Indian heritage, right? Correct. And so your passion for hunting runs deep and, and long, right? True, yes. I mean, you know, of course, like everybody, hopefully their father, you know, brought them into the sport and stuff. And, you know, of course, everybody, me anyway, I wish my dad could be here now with the opportunity yeah. that I have yeah. that I could give back to him. You know, that would just be unbelievable. So what, what tribe are you? Cherokee. Cherokee. Okay. So you're a big, uh, it's Oklahoma? OU fan. Yeah, yeah. Boomer Sooner. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Hate Alabama. <laughs> we all do. And the people. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm joking. Too well, anyway. <laughs> so, speaking of your passion yes. and your enthusiasm, and we've talked all about your long chronicled history of potentially missing a few deer oh, yeah. and having some of those breakdowns and stuff, have you? Have you been able to improve on that at all? Have you been able to do anything? Have you have you evolved as a hunter to now be able to handle those situations a little bit better? No. Is there anything? No. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I feel like you have. <laughs> well, this you killed year, a two hundred inch deer this year, two hundred five, right? Yes, but I, yes, I did. Yes, That's, I mean, I don't say incredible. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> so, so take us through it. You're in the blind. I'm I mean, I can't imagine because we talked to Mark I totally and Dad forgot about and, this. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, you showed a couple people a picture of this deer. It was at a, a new outfitter. Yes, a um, new outfitter. The, uh, the guy contacted you because he's a police officer. Ex-police officer. And you are a current police officer, and he wanted to give you the opportunity to come to his place. Yes. And check it out. He was a brand-new outfitter. What's the name of uh, it? Suspect Outfitting. Okay. With Jeb Bailey. <clears throat> Oklahoma? Oklahoma. And so he knew this deer was there. He had some pictures of it, some trail cam pictures of yep. it. You showed a couple key people. Just, yep, key people, but probably just three, really. Yeah, and uh, so they all said if he could settle down, if he could be settled in, he's going to kill this deer. And so I want to know, how did you settle yourself down? You walk us through deer? that. Uh, well, I was sitting in a blind, of course, you know, just going back early season like I preached before. Mm-hmm. This guy had a food plot. I went down there early September, oh, early August, put up two blinds and a set of uh tree stands so that way we had every wind to hunt so i practiced what i preach and i did that <laughs> so uh we had the right wind to hunt them on muzzle loading season 
And uh, we're sitting there in the blind eddy, and Jeb wanted to go with me just to see if I killed that deer. You know, I'm self-filming. So I had my gun, my camera, and other cameras set up. And uh, we're sitting there, and it was getting to be evening time. And, you know, Jeb, of course, goes, there it is. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know how people kid each other. And he, I go, okay. He goes, no, I'm serious. He's stepping out right now. And I go, where? He goes, to your left. So I automatically turned the camera on, swung it over that way. About that time, he stepped out. And I was like, oh. But then filming kicked in. You had a task to do. I had a task to do, and that was to lay it down. helped you. You got to lay them down. Because, like I said, hunters are a dime a dozen. You got to lay down that footage, get it good, get it right, and that's what I was doing. But when it was time for the shot and that deer stopped right there, I'm like, I got to stop him here because after that he's going to be out of the window. So I stopped him, and he stopped right there and looked at me just perfect. And I shot him, and it didn't really sink in yet, you know. So I was kind of excited. We were high-fying a little bit. I walked up on him. Oh, boy. Oh, well, off camera, I'll show you the Did real. I lose the, it. The, the real. I lost it, man. It's not safe for work. <laughs> say the least. It was a classic. It was a classic coon dog. Uh, just, it just was. Oh, I want to see that. Yeah, yeah, it was just. Oh. That can't be a DOD TV restaurant. Not even, not even, not even that. That's how bad it was. Yeah, but that was it, though. I mean, the filming person. It. Or the filming it is what calmed me down. So interesting. Point, Pete, Pete Shepley, we always do those Pete's tips for bow madness, yes. you know. And Pete always says when when somebody asks about target panic, he always says the same same thing. Give yourself a job. Give yourself a list of things to do, and it help calm you down. It takes your mind off of it almost. And I mean, that's when yeah. you were explaining this that's in my mind. I'm thinking that's what Pete always says. It is. It is interesting though because I never thought about that, but I self film as well, and that maybe is something that's been able to help me because there's so much to do and sometimes oh, yes. sometimes it is a hindrance because there's so much yeah, to do true. but on the other hand like early on i used to get a lot of that fever and excitement <clears throat> but now it's like like a switch flips and it's business time and it's yeah. just like i need to do this like i move this get this set up get this set up right shift and i just like it's like i'm a robot and i go through each thing and it's just happening and then it goes i don't have that knee shaking flip out moment like yeah. i used to have like oh my gosh what am i gonna do it's just a process yeah, and and wonder if that kind of helps. Now, see, it I had to. I had that problem with the Texas deer because Joe was filming and I was hunting, and here's this big 160 inch chocolate rack deer walking right at me, and I was like, oh boy, <laughs> you know, here I am, uh, just a deer, just a deer, just a deer, <laughs> whatever, just a big deer, it's a big deer though, <laughs> it's not a little one, so it's the difference, it's the difference, oh yeah, yeah, but even though like you so said, everybody's oh, gonna start self filming, yeah, <laughs> even the Kansas, my Kansas hunt, it wasn't the biggest deer, it's a three and a half year old deer. I self-filmed it though but i was i was just excited pulling that off you know yeah. i was just like yeah that's Any, cool anytime that's you cool. pull self-film off that's pretty that's yeah. pretty cool yeah that's Tough. not easy no but you know just you know i feel sorry for the guys that you know because i was there at one time and now i fortunately enough i put the time in so now i take off you know a little bit longer now but it's hard you know because if you work at a company or a place where you have to put in your vacation time or your request yeah. and you can't change it yeah you're Mm. You, you, we get a lot of those questions via emails. It's like, all right, I, I got one week to take off. What week would you, you know, recommend? And of course, Mark and Dad, they look at you know the moon phase for the coming year, and they, they you know, they got your, you yeah. got your best guess. But really, it, it's you're weather. Right. I mean, you're, you know, 
who knows what the weather's going to be doing even the day before. Yeah, you know, one other thing I'll throw in there, though, to your point, you can look at the moon phases, and, and Mark and Terry have talked about that a lot on past episodes. Um, you can look at just basic rut timing, you know, yeah. annually in your neck of the woods. When is that typically happening? In most areas of the country, there's a, a bell curve where it, on average, is coming into peak around the same time every year. So you can find that kind of stuff out. But another thing, again, that Mark talks a lot about is uh, – annual trail camera patterns yes. so if you start looking and studying your trail camera pictures from past years you might see that a certain deer is showing back up on your farm at a certain time of the year every year yeah and that could be another way to maximize your time if you see that you know mr big is showing up the first week of november almost every year for the last two years that he's been on your farm there's a great way to maximize your time planning your vacation around that that's one more thing in your favor that could tip the scales yep. definitely absolutely um, trail cams can't beat them yeah so while i'm thinking about these things other things to your point about um placing several different stands around the location so no matter what the conditions are you can hunt somewhere um back to the whole stand placement thing make sure you're not doing that kind of stuff on your five-day hunting vacation or on the weekend yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yes. make sure you've done that in the spring make sure yeah. you've done your scouting in the spring <clears throat> hung your stands in the spring you know take your day or two when you can early and get everything set so you're not wasting any of that vacation time on your weekend or whatever during october november yeah um same thing with all the other little things like you know when i um when i was working my old day job back in the day you know i i just had weekends to hunt and i would work you know i'd hunt evenings sometimes i'd try to get out work a little bit early and hunt some evenings and it was the little things that made a difference like i would try to just make every single process that maybe would cut into my time simpler so i had a literally a list of everything that i need to bring with me every time i take off to go hunting so i could just like oh got it got it got it got it good i'd have a bag set up with everything I'd try to just make things into easy processes so that you're not going to be late so that you're not going to be forgetting important gear um you know just little things like that can help if you miss half an hour on a Saturday morning, that could be the difference between a successful hunt yeah. or not if Definitely. you're in this type of situation. So it's just be prepared, cross your T's, dot your I's, make sure you're in good graces with your significant yeah. other, um, and get out there. That, that reminded me of a point. So last season, Aaron Bennett and I, and I may have told this already on a podcast, so I apologize if you've already heard this, but we were we met at my lease and we're getting ready to go out. And Bennett pulls up, and I'm putting on all my clothes. And I had even called him, and I said, we need to get – it's during the rut. I said, we need to get out early. Whoa. My wife just had our baby, so it was like my first time out or something like that. It was something – one of those kind of instances. And I said, we got to get out there really early. So we got there ahead of time. We pull up. I'm getting my clothes on. Bennett, I could hear a big noise, commotion. He forgot his freaking camo. Oh. And so then, luckily, I had a bunch of gear with me. And I, so, But we are not the same size. No. So, <laughs> so I'm trying to find something to fit him. And we, we're running late. And we're going back into my timber set where it's the deep part of the timber. It takes us the longest to get to. And it's a walk. And so we're practically running to get to the timber from the you know we got to go through pasture pass the pond get to the timber and then slowly walk through there we're sweating our butts off sun's starting to you know it's Uh, starting to get to that point where you should have been in the tree and like 20 steps into the timber we hear (laughs) (laughs) jump you know jump runs and jumps off and you could tell he goes i heard him say Man, that sounded like a buck. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did. Let's uh, keep moving. <laughs> slow. 
Needless to say. Yeah, you don't want that to happen on your couple days of hunting time. Yeah, right. especially right in the rut. You have limited time, to, you know, just, you know. So to your point, being prepared and having your camo should be yeah. one of those high-priority lists. lists. And, and then going back to the outfitter real quick, just like, like with Jeb, it's just like a fisherman, you know, say if, if you got a good guy, he said, hey, you better get down here to fish or hit and mm-hmm. get here. Well, Jeb lost that big deer for about a week, week and a half. So he was going fanatic. He was throwing cameras out across the road, all everywhere else, you know. Well, he found him. He goes, I found him. Get down here. Well, so I had to work one more day. Got my gear. I ran down there for a three-day hunt. We go where he found him. We got in there. It was a timber set. We got in there. We're hunting. Never showed. We climbed down. He pulled the camera. That deer was there a half hour before we were. Wow. That close. Yeah. But that's what I mean, though. If you only got so much time, Outfitter's not a bad way to go either. Yeah. Yeah. True. I mean, yeah, like you said, if you've got the resources, it's 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 one of those different options that's out there. <clears throat> well, we should probably kind of wrap this one yeah. up, honestly. Um, there's We could talk forever about this topic. I mean, a weekend warrior, I think it's near and dear to all of our hearts because it's We've kind of... There. Yeah, we're the working know, man. We're yeah. working class. Yeah. So even though we're in the industry you know it's still a weekend warrior mentality i feel like we have we have a little more flexibility granted yeah i definitely have more flexibility than i used to but uh, we've all been there we've all had different cases of this and just hunt as much as you can enjoy it it. enjoy it get out when you can and and don't stress too much about it that's another thing because especially when you're as ate up as we all are I would get so stressed, even though I had a short amount of time, and when it didn't go the way I wanted oh. it to, I'd get all worked up about it. And then you realize, well, what in the world am I getting all worked up about something I'm supposed to be enjoying? Yeah. In the end, you gotta you gotta Bingo. have fun. Enjoy. So that's that's the absolute best way to maximize your hunting time. I think is to have a positive attitude about it, have some gratitude, and be thankful about the fact that you're just out there hunting. Yep, that's right. That's right there. I think that can be the answer to the whole question. Yeah. I like it. I love right. it. Well, Coondog, this is so much fun. Thank well, you so I much for joining it. us. I appreciate it. Call me back anytime. We will. <laughs> Come on, We back. will. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, all right. with that then, to all the listeners and viewers, our usual little reminder, if you want to listen to the audio version on your phone or in your car, on the treadmill, you can subscribe on the podcast app on your iPhones or on the Google Play app or Stitcher app on your Android phones. And you can submit a question of your own for a future episode over at wiredtohunt.com slash 100% wild. As always, you can check out the video version of this podcast on the Jury Outdoors YouTube channel. While you're there, check out all the original DOD TV episodes and hunts. And as always, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and at juryoutdoors.com. And pow, baby, pow! (laughs) (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Thank you, Coondog. I like that. Coon Dog's going to be a new staple. That was fun. (laughs) That was a blast.